Hello everyone, welcome back to Couples Connect. I believe that you are doing great and getting better in your relationship. Thank you for listening. Please share with your contacts as well. In the last episode, I discussed submission in marriage. Um, some of the things we talked about uh, uh, were certain understandings about the subject of submission in marriage, including what submission in marriage is from biblical perspective and what it is not. If you are yet to listen to it, please do so and you won't regret listening. In this episode, I will be discussing still on submission in marriage, this time on what husbands should know. Submission in marriage, what husbands should know. Okay? I did mention that the last episode was introductory part of the series on submission in marriage. So we established in that episode that the Bible expects husband and wife to submit to each other in line with Apostle Paul's admonition in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21. We also established that the headship and leadership role of the husband comes with responsibility of loving the wife which is submission from the husband's angle. We read this passage in the New Living Translation version to establish this. We found that when a man loves and the woman respects, both roles complement each other and promote harmony in the relationship. The focus of this episode, therefore, is to further discuss the role every husband should play in ensuring submission in marriage. And the question I'm asking in this episode is, how should a man manage his leadership role in the marriage in order to encourage submission from the wife? How should a man manage his leadership role in the marriage in order to encourage submission from the wife? Okay, you see, this question becomes necessary because every husband ought to realize that biblical submission is a response to biblical headship. Biblical submission allows a wife to confidently follow her husband's lead. Yes, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23 makes it clear that a man does have responsibility for leadership in his home. And 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 1 asks that wives should accept the authority of the husbands. Now, notice that it's only as a leader, as the head, that his wife should submit to him, not as a tyrant, not as her superior. This headship or leadership goes with responsibility. You see, unfortunately, various levels of unfair criticism on men in various cultures today uh, make it too easy to forget um, about the importance of masculine leadership altogether. The fact that the man has a leadership role. Many times all the criticisms around what men do uh, 
tend to make us forget about that. You know, someone I read their articles suggests that we can't swing so far one way trying to avoid male domination that we go to the other extreme and strip husbands of their authority. And I agree with that. The husband has the authority. The Bible bestowed, the Bible mentions that, talks about it. God bestowed that on the man in his home. Now, that said, leadership doesn't give a husband the right to rob his wife of being a unique individual. He doesn't get to disregard or mock her opinions and feelings. And he should never misuse leadership to get his own way. Now, how should a husband manage this leadership role? This headship role? How should a husband manage that? The first thing I would like to say is that a husband must love and cherish his wife. Even as Christ loved the church, a husband must love and cherish his wife not to die for her if necessary, even as Christ loved the church. That's what the Bible tells us. You know, day by day, the husband should become increasingly sensitive to leading with love because he'll ultimately answer to God for the way he treats his wife. Christ died for the church, meaning that if a husband must love as Christ loved, he should be willing to die for his wife. This is by becoming increasingly selfless in decision-making, making sacrifices and denying oneself or certain, of certain rights for the well-being of the wife. So it's not about literally dying, but you see, dying to self, dying to self, making sacrifices and denying yourself certain rights for the well-being of your wife. That's what Jesus did. He died for the church. You see, and uh, that's what husbands ought to do. Okay, the second point is that the husband should include her as the wife in important decisions and consider her perspectives carefully and respectfully. Include her in important decisions and consider her perspectives carefully and respectfully. A great leader is not always the one who knows everything. Indeed, no one is a leader because they know everything. <laughs> great leaders leverage the strength, wisdom, skills, and experiences of their team members to bring the best for the entity they lead. You see, the marriage team primarily consists of the husband and the wife. So getting your wife's perspective on issues before making a decision is strength, not a weakness. It doesn't mean that you don't know what to do. <laughs> it shows that you are the real man, you know? Doing so helps you leverage the woman's intuitive ability and helps you see things beyond where you already stand on it. You see, we talk about the woman having intuition. Sometimes they see beyond what we see as men on issues. And if you don't get to share with your wife, you would not see from that angle, okay? You have a right to make the final decision, but please take time to analyze her views before doing so. Don't just 
Don't just overlook that view. Don't just say, uh, let me hear what you want to say. And then when he says it, you just, okay, I've heard you. And then you will not think about it. Okay? There are strengths in you. There are weaknesses in you as a man. There are also strengths in your wife. And your areas of weaknesses may be her areas of strength. So <laughs> leverage that. Okay? Leverage that. Involve her in decision making and consider her view respectfully. The third one is that you should lead your wife. Cast the vision. Lead your wife. Cast the vision. Yes. That's what leaders do. They know the direction so that everyone knows. They show the direction so that everyone knows where and how to plug in. If as a husband, you have not by what you say and your attitude shown your wife the way the family should take on an, a given issue, it's difficult for her to properly align with you. If you're not saying it and acting it for her to know, um, she might not be able to align. So people are aligned with what they know. Never assume it's your responsibility to communicate the vision. Then sit with her to set goals and strategize on the realization of the goals. The eyes are in the front to show the way. Yes, the eyes are in the front to show the way. Yet, the ears are on the sides to hear opinions. They listen, they listen, they listen. Okay? The fourth point is that husbands should nourish their wives. Nourish your wife. And the Bible talks about the fact that Whoever loves his wife loves himself and describes how people love themselves as ensuring that they are nourished. You nourish your body, you eat and you know, take care of your body because you love yourself. So Apostle Paul encourages that husbands are to nourish their wives. Nourishing speaks to nurturing, encouraging, advancement of the person, ensuring the advancement of the person. You know, some husbands complain sometimes that they don't carry their wives along because the wives are not able to discuss at their level. Well, the leadership and headship role you have as a husband also requires that you nurture your wife, that you train her, that you encourage her to upgrade academically and improve her intellect. Okay? Just like Jesus did for the church. Upgrade your wife if you feel she is not your standard. Why would you leave her behind while you upgrade yourself? You see, the imbalance would surely become evident soon. Groom your wife and help her keep fit all around. That's what leaders do. The next point is be considerate to your wife. Apostle Peter in verse 7, chapter 3 of his first book, um, gives this charge to husbands. He adds that husbands should also honor their wives. Honoring connotes giving them special regard, respecting them. Allowing your wife to be herself is giving her respect for who she is. Let me say that again. Allowing your wife to be herself is giving her respect for who she is. 
there is no need insisting that your wife should do what you want her to and not what she wants to do. I mean, stopping her from working, for instance, against her wish without supporting her to build and develop herself in other areas is not honorable. It's not honorable. You're not honoring her by doing that. Okay, so give her opportunity to be herself, thereby being considerate. You are showing regard for your wife. That's what leaders do. <laughs> leaders show regard for those they lead. Okay, true leaders, you know, and you are a true leader. Okay, speak her love language. That's the next point I like to talk about. Speak her love language. You see, we'll talk about words of affirmation, quality time, giving of and receiving of gifts, um, physical touch, and acts of service as the five love languages. Okay, you know, talked about in his book, uh, Gary Chapman, he talked about this in his book, The Five Love Languages. Among these, it appears most women have a combination of quality time and acts of service as the most important to them, you know? It appears so. So be deliberate about creating time to be with your wife and be available to assist in the home. You see, some husbands have been labeled woman rapper, you know? It, it literally means uh, the, the, the clothes that a woman uses to wrap her body because they practice acts of service, because they practice quality time with their wife. So some people label them such names. <laughs> Yet, you see, it takes a man of character to speak his wife's language, love language, as a way of investing in her emotions. Create time to spend quality time with her and help in home chores, help in the home. Hey, be able to get that thing on your way coming and don't say, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, and things like that, you know. Your wife would cherish that always. Um, the next point is uh, play with your wife. Okay, so this point puts certain things together. Play with your wife. Romance and sex are essentially marriage. And uh, even though it is believed that most women cherish romance more than they do sex, it is important that every husband realizes that women also need sex like men do. So create time for romantic experiences in your marriage and create time for sex. Not just because you want it, but also because you need your wife to enjoy it. She has a right to enjoy sex. It's not just for you, you know, and it's important that you recognize that and create time to play with your wife. Encourage her to initiate sex and allow her to express herself in bed. Okay, go out on holidays when you can. You know, just have a getaway just by the two of you alone. Your wife love that you show affection to her. And doing all that helps. Okay? Now, let me, let me close by saying that leaders are called to serve. Leaders are called to serve. Sometime in the days of Jesus and his apostles, the Bible tells us, the apostles argued about who should be the leader. So Jesus corrected them 
and taught that leadership is service. I would like to conclude that it is the same for a husband in the marriage. True leadership is a call to serve. As you focus on serving, the perks of being a leader are enjoyed with ease and confidence. Seek to serve your wife as her leader in the relationship. Then you would not need to struggle about receiving submission in marriage. Focus on serving your wife and submission would flow eventually. Okay? Um, because that's what the Bible talks about, designed it to be. You play your role of being a leader, your wife respects, and both of them complement each other. I believe that these points are helpful. I see your marriage enjoying bliss and better intimacy. Bye for now.